Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our show. Today we discuss about marketing plan, how you can build your plan to build comprehensive strategic plan because today companies, many companies uh, copy competitors, replicate their plans, but sometimes competitors highlight their strong sides. You need to find yours to consider your unique selling proposition. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Ellie Stoner. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. Looking forward to learn more about that. I know it's a big issue with my customers, with my audience, including myself, because I know how it's important to have the right plan because marketing takes time. And if you have the wrong plan, that means you can waste a lot of time. So looking forward how to save time because you can lose money, you can lose properties, get it back. But if you lose time, you can't get back. Uh, so that's why it's very important. Okay, Alice, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and why you decided to share with us about marketing. Sure. So I own a company called Fresh Perspective Consulting, and it really is about helping people be strategic in every part of their marketing. But in particular, when you're doing events, what I was finding is um, potential clients would say to me, you know, I like doing events, but I can't find the ROI on them. And what I recognized is that they were measuring the wrong thing. Instead of measuring ROI, we need to measure what we call ROM, which is the return on the moment, this opportunity that you have. And I've even branched that out, whether it's an event, a podcast appearance, speaking on a panel, um, promoting your own podcast. It's how are you marketing that moment and how are you measuring success in that way? Um, I come at this a little from a different perspective. It's the name Fresh Perspective. Um, I started my career in the sports and entertainment marketing worlds, um, concerts, rodeos, uh, family ice shows, and everything that I learned there kind of came back around full circle when I started Fresh Perspective about six years ago, because it really comes down to uh, knowing who you're talking to and understanding where they're getting their information and um, while that was very commonplace in the sports and entertainment space, it's not so commonplace in other marketing entities. So um, I help people with that. And then I have a project called Custom Strategic Marketing for Wealth Advisors, where myself and my co-founder, Angela York, uh, we focus in the financial advisor space in this whole idea of ideal client and understanding who they are um, and what motivates them and how to as we say, get the jumble of marketing cords that's in that junk drawer that you have, right? We pull those cords apart and figure out which cords are going to power which parts of your marketing um, to help build your business. Nice, nice. Love it. Love it. Yeah, awesome. Okay, let's talk about uh, creating this plan. Can you tell what to do first? Where to start? How to learn customers? Because you know, let me share my story, short story. You know, uh, 12 years ago, when I started my uh, online journey, uh, I created my first website and uh, I set up Google ads, uh, Facebook ads, and many other marketing campaigns myself without any skills. And that worked well. 
because competition was low. Uh, I paid like five ten. Uh, five ten cents per click right now i need to pay like five ten dollars and uh, it's hard today to invest a dollar to get two dollars back because of competition and you need to narrow down to your uh buying persona as you mentioned can you tell how to create your buying persona uh and there are, and choose the right marketing channel uh according to your buying persona okay it's a pretty complicated question for me to kind of dive into right here. But really, the top level is there's there's two parts of that. Um, there are this ideal client piece and the other part of what we refer to as your USP, your unique selling proposition. And those two kind of come together. And that's sort of your going to be your sweet spot. So first is your ideal client, your persona. You can every everybody's got a name for it. Uh, but who are you talking to? Who do you want to purchase your product, do the thing, whatever your thing is, and get really specific? You know, we find a lot of people don't dive into that. We look at three parts, demographics, like those, that data, the anything from age, gender, education, um, zip code, you can, all that sort of part. But that's only one piece of the puzzle. The next part we talk about is the psychographics, because that's like what makes people click? What, uh, where do they normally go to find information? Like, what is their driver? Um, a great example I, I heard about that was when we went into COVID and people were doing online events and they were talking about um, tech use and they're going, oh, yes, my psychographic is someone who's a really great tech user. And they're picturing a 35 to 45 year old person. But you know what we found? We found that there's a much older generation who's become very techie. They may not be digital natives, but they learned how to operate tech and got interested in tech. Um, so that shows you that the demographic doesn't always align with what we think the psychographic. And the, the third part we also talk about is life experience. Um, the fact of like, what's going on in their world? Is this an opportune time that like, why are they looking for your product um, or your services? What else should be happening in their life um, that would align that? So it's sort of this, um, there's three parts that you really need to identify. And then you need to look in yourself and say, okay, so what is it about me or about my product that people are gonna wanna buy? If it's a service, oftentimes it's things about your personality, where you've come from, your life experiences that connect with that potential buyer. Um, if it's a if it's a product, is it price? Is it um, quality? Is it uniqueness? You kind of have to dive into those as well, and those two align, and that's how you kind of figure out your sweet spot. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Valuable. I agree with that. Okay. Uh, I'm interested about choosing the right channel because, you know, many marketers tell you need to find where your audience is. But sometimes when you have no strong side on this specific channel, it's hard to get results. Uh, and um, I like more to think where I have my strong side and uh, to adapt marketing message to a specific uh, platform. For example, if uh, my competitors are good on YouTube, 
It doesn't mean that I can film such educational or entertainment videos to get the same results. Probably I can write much better, you know, to cover, uh, to create awesome blog post, you know, to uh, teach my uh, customers how to use products, how uh, some products can decide their problems. And uh, can you tell how to find the balance between your strong side, your personality, as you mentioned, and uh, uh, your uh, audience, your customers who might use different channels and unite both in one strategic plan? Well, I mean, I think there's a couple things in that. Uh, one, I always recommend work with an expert in the space, right? So yeah. someone yeah. like yourself um, or other people who really kind of understand what all the different, in this case, digital platforms offer, who the digital platforms actually speak to. But I think you also touched on um, something else that's really important, something like YouTube. Um, we just did a project for a client who um, his ideal client goes to YouTube for very different reasons than what we think our client was thinking. So, for example, I have a teenage son, right? He could spend hours on YouTube and just like consuming product. He's not this particular advisor's ideal client, but myself or my husband, when we're trying to solve a problem or find out about information we don't know about, like, mm, how do I put anchor text in a Word document? Because that's what I looked for yesterday. Um, mm -hmm. I'll watch a YouTube video on that. So it's, again, kind of getting to know and almost like putting yourself in the shoes of that ideal client and go, oh, okay, that makes sense. So it's a combination sort of a life experience, an experienced professional, um, and stuff you learn on the internet. Nice. <laughs> you know, you mentioned about your son. Uh, you know, I also have a son, he's a teenager, and you know, he loves TikTok, uh, YouTube as well. And uh, what I found, uh, he doesn't ask me to buy new sneakers. He told me, uh, usually, uh, let's buy Nike, let's buy uh, Puma or uh, Under Armour. I don't know why. Uh, and uh, I always tell, okay, why you ignore many other brands? They have awesome high-quality products as well. No, you don't understand. We need to buy Nike. Can you tell how brands uh, or creating brand awareness is important today uh, to get high results in marketing because you know i found when companies pay so much attention to seo forgetting about branding or uh, social media forgetting about branding you it's hard to get high results but you have strong brand recognition then customers can choose between you and uh, unrecognizable brand you because they know you so any insights about branding and covering with marketing well so i think this is the age-old scenario because if you think about our parents right um there was no internet there was no TikTok influencer but when they were teenagers there were still the cool things to buy right or the cool things to have um so brand is age old and um organic to to some extent so now when we insert social media and um, 
you know, I think about a lot of times like uh, television placements, right? Like how many times you watch a show and it's like, oh, look, they're driving a GMC truck. Um, it's all very, there's just more layers to it. But again, it's about brand and knowing your brand and understanding who that ideal client is. You know, I think about the GMC truck and I'm thinking, I saw that on like a home improvement TV show. So they know who their audience is. Um, it's it's not on, uh, you know, a soap opera or are those still a thing? I don't even know if those are still a thing, but um, it's, it's knowing your brand um, and again, building out like your ideal client's life story. What, what do they watch? Uh, what's important to them? Um, and again, it's not just like, oh, I'm just going to grab this from up here. And it, it's working with brand professionals, SEO professionals, content professionals. Um, you know, it takes a village. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, once I watched a presentation, a new presentation of Apple Watch with Tim Cook, and you know, he didn't share great features that Apple Watch has. Uh, because many other watches, uh, smart watches can have these features. But he shared three stories, how Apple Watch can decide my problems. You know, I, I got the feeling I need to own this Apple Watch. After that, I bought three pairs for me, for my son, for my wife, because, you know, they probably kill me if I buy only for myself. But, you know, uh, and, smart uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, you know, <laughs> and you know it's interesting that i got the feeling of owning this apple watch it's not like uh uh you know this apple watch uh, can uh, touch my emotion but not logic no uh, just emotions oh yeah i can have them this apple watch can decide my problems simplify my life many other stuff by the way today Atlantic Ocean owns my Apple Watch, uh, things happen, but you know, uh, can you tell how to create marketing message of uh, owning something? Because, you know, uh, for if I watch a new uh, a presentation of new BMW, you know, I see happy people drive this awesome car and uh, I get this feeling, oi, I want to have this car. Uh, mm -hmm. It depends on the budget, but uh, it's like to create the feeling of owning. Any insights about creating the feeling? Well, I mean, I think that that falls into that psychographic conversation we have, right? Psychographics mm -hmm. is um, about aspiration as much as it is about um, your decision making. So this whole idea of um, wanting to be like somebody else. Like let's, let's think about something like an Apple watch An Apple watch is really interesting because there's a couple different aspirations happening there. There's like the cool kid, right? But there's also like the health and fitness person. I can get this gadget and wear it on my wrist and it's going to like tell me everything I need to know um, about, am I staying healthy? The conversation you're going to have to the techies and the conversation you're going to have to the health people are different conversations to get you to the same point. So, you know, if you're asking me, you know, how do I get influencers and how do how do I kind of catch that lightning in a jar? That's exactly it. It's sort of lightning in a jar, but it's about consistency and understanding 
who the audience is so that you're communicating to them. Like I said, you know, a, a product, we think about like pharmaceuticals. This is one of my favorite things. You think about how many drugs have been um, accepted by the FDA to do one thing. And then through further testing, they realize that they can help with something else. They never started out doing this, but they're like, wait a minute, I can have these additional channels. I have to change my messaging, but I can still sell my product. It's that same thing. Like, how are the different, what are the different channels um, that you can use to speak to those people to sell your product? Mm -hmm. Yeah, believable. Okay, let's talk about uh, another aspect that uh, I love it. It's called focusing. No, uh, focus. Uh, uh, you know, in 2020, I decided to grow my social media channels and uh, mm -hmm. I uh, created content for TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, probably for other channels as well. I don't remember exactly all the channels, but the best results were like five, 10 followers a day, a few hundred views. Uh, then I switch all my attention to LinkedIn now. Uh, and uh, I quit with other channels for some time. Uh, and results uh, came much faster, much better. You know, uh, I like, I got uh, 200 followers a day, 10,000 views and got it. Uh, it's better to uh, do one thing. Even repurposing content doesn't work for me because it takes time to repurpose, to adapt to other channels. Can you tell how it's important to focus uh, your attention to some specific channels where you get results and then how to use multi-channel approach. Well, I mean, I think you, again, a perfect example, which is, you know, the, the analogy I use is deep instead of wide mm -hmm. um, to feel like I have to be on every social media channel. If your people aren't there, you're screaming into an empty abyss and it's the time, the energy, it's the resources, right? It could even be financial resources. So I'm assuming what you figured out was who your ideal client is, who you want to be talking to and saying, okay, are they on TikTok? Probably not. Are they on Instagram? Maybe, maybe not, but they're not making their buying decisions there or they're not making their professional decisions there. Um, this is this whole strategic part of it, which is saying LinkedIn is where people are making business connections and business decisions. Um, so that's where I want to be. If you're trying to sell Apple watches, no, you want videos and fast paced and quick cuts and all that sort of stuff because that's who your audience is, you know? And, and I think you also um, touch on something that we talk to our clients a lot about too, which is marketing takes two things. It takes time and it takes consistency. So to sit there and go, well, you know, I, I put up some stuff on, on Instagram and nobody was watching it. How long and how often, because, and you can speak to this, right? Like the algorithm of the world, going on in there, like it has to kind of catch you. Uh, we talk about that with our clients for um, a lot of our clients like to get personal referrals from their current client. We talk about like how, how they're doing that. 
what should they be saying? Like almost giving them a playbook so that they're not making anything up and do it consistently and over an extended period of time and track. So you can say, okay, you know, it took a little while to get some traction and now we're getting a little more traction and how am I kind of tweaking this message and where this is going? Um, that's that strategic sort of part of all of this. Um, if someone tells you that they can do something for you, that's going to be a super quick hit. I say they're lying. Nice. Nice. Okay. You know, uh, I always make notes, uh, and, uh, you know, I noted that you mentioned three times the word consistency. <laughs> Let's talk about this word. Uh, I love this word for me. It's very important to be consistent. Um, whatever I do, I know, uh, it's, uh, as you mentioned, it's not overnight success. It takes time to be patient, to achieve some results. And, but I found consistency means, uh, different things. For someone, for example, like Gary Vee, he uh, usually tells you need to create content at scale as much as possible. If he has time to post like 24 times a day, he, uh, he, he will do, but he doesn't have this time. So he usually posts like uh, five times a day, I don't know, and many different platforms. Uh, another approach from Brian Dean, you know, uh, he uh, is, con uh, he post like uh, one time a month. I don't know if he post right now or not because he sold his uh, uh, blog backlink to SEMrush. But uh, right now he has another topic, uh, exploding topics. And, uh, uh, but uh, he usually teaches you need to uh, create super high quality content. Uh, Gary V tells that uh, quality is subjective. You need to uh, think more about quantity. Uh, and I think both approaches work because it depends on uh, your strong sides. For example, uh, for me, consistency and quantity uh, can help to improve my confidence and my quality because how I can film a great video from the first attempt. It takes time, you know, to film mm -hmm. uh, hundred bad videos, to uh, write hundred bad articles. But uh, after doing this, I can improve my quality as well. So, can you tell how to find the balance between quantity and quality to get in the end quality? I think that that's really quite individual, right? Like my business partner in custom strategic marketing for wealth advisors, Angela. When we first started, she was like, you do all the podcasts, you do all the presentations. I hate them. I'm not good at them. And I kind of forced her out of her shell a bit and said, no, actually, you have a lot of really good information. You just need to get more comfortable. Um, and fast forward, and she has, and she, we, we do joint presentations and don't do podcasts. So there is definitely something for saying of that learning curve, right? That slope. Um, also, we need to recognize sometimes that we are our own worst critics. So if we're going, oh, I don't want to put garbage out there, but you know what? Like I might think it's garbage, but I'm so critical that it's not to other people because they're looking for that information. Um, so again, it's that consistency of like, you got to keep doing it. And most of the time, when you look at the first thing you've done and the 30th thing you've done, you can see a big difference in you know, production quality, 
succinctness, all of those, you know, delivering the message that your audience wants to hear. Um, but again, it becomes this fine line, like the person you're talking about, if someone's posting like 30 times in a week, I'm not interested. Like, that's not my thing. Um, and I find it really annoying. The person that is targeting me knows that and says, <laughs> you know what? I can use all, again, this is where this strategy comes in. And do I share something on LinkedIn? Do I do an email? Do I send a video? Do I, you know, what's that marketing mix? What is that delivery mix? That's the fine line between um, bombarding somebody and them going, oh my God, no, stop. Uh, and saying, oh, this is something I hadn't considered and I need to look into it a little bit more. So I can't give you like a number. There isn't really a magic number um, because it's based on who you're trying to reach and who you're trying to motivate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I often get questions. Can you share marketing secrets? Guys, I have no any secrets. I don't know them. But uh, secrets depend on your perseverance, uh, passion, hard work. So uh, as you mentioned, you can't give specific numbers of course it depends on your uh, uh i don't know how you can spend your time uh what kind of benchmark you have if you start from mm -hmm. scratch probably it's a good idea to create more with uh low quality to improve the quality if you have experience so you can decrease the number and think more about quality so yeah i i completely agree with that and I, and I think the other sorry i think the other part of this too as a recovering perfectionist um i had to learn myself to say it's progress over perfection so this whole idea of well it's not perfect it's not you know, perfectly well lit and all the right colors and the this and the that. So I just, I'm going to tweak it a little bit more like before I let it out into the, the universe. <laughs> um, it took me a while to realize that that isn't the case. Um, and that the only way you're going to get better is by actually doing it instead of just like Dr. Frankensteining it, right? I'm going to keep it in my lab a little bit longer uh, and, and see if I can make it perfect. So it's consistency and as we're talking about our good friends at Nike, just do it, get it out there. You're only going to get better by doing it. Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, I agree. Uh, perfect doesn't exist, but you can have the goal to achieve perfect. So if you can't improve more than you have, so it's a good idea to take another piece of content. So uh, I usually, for example, write articles. If I know, okay, I can't do more. Uh, I did everything that I can. So, okay, let's move on with another article, let's with another video. Yeah, it's the same with that. Okay, Alice, I have the question about implementation. For example, okay, we created awesome marketing strategic plan. You know, uh, everything looks good, but according to a few studies, companies usually implement 40% of their plans. Uh, even sometimes it's good to implement even 40%. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, can you tell how to choose priorities from your plan? Okay, I have the plan. I know I need to do A, B, C. But how to choose priorities that B is more important than A and C? Uh, I think the, the easiest way to look at that is what's your ultimate goal? And 
be specific enough in your goals to be able to have everything else kind of slide downhill from there, if you will, right? I want to sell a billion widgets. Okay, that's fine. Kind of what's your plan and how are you going to do that? And also being flexible because there might be an opportunity as you're partway through your widget selling that kind of redirects you. Um, so yeah, it's, it's often difficult to figure out which things to prioritize first. We usually like to say, um, they kind of jump out. Like when you're working with a marketing expert, it's pretty easy to figure out which are the ones that you want to start with. And then usually have like a stretch goal. We've had some advisors who are like, I know I need to, again, I know I need to do video and I'm just really not comfortable. Give it a, that's the one you need to do. Because again, we have learned from your ideal client that not only do they gain a lot of their information from video, um, but they say that you're a really great teacher. So we mm -hmm. can kind of put those pieces together and say, these are the things that you need to be, do, be doing. It might not be comfortable, um, but sometimes we have to get uncomfortable. Um, and as you also said too, is like, we tell our clients, and I believe this very much, a marketing plan is sort of like a living being. Um, you don't just write it and go, okay, this is what I'm doing. Like, yes, we want you to be consistent. We want you to do the thing, but in your goal setting, think about how often you're going to go back and revisit it and say, all right. So after six weeks, where am I? Like I've done these things being honest with myself, have I done them consistently? Have I done them in the voice that's going to speak to my ideal client? What are my results? Okay. Then I'm going to take like another six week segment of that. What does that look? You could do it six weeks. You could do it quarterly. Um, I don't recommend doing it monthly because I feel like um, you haven't, again, you haven't given it enough time to blossom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great, great. Okay, let's talk about mistakes. You know, in my life, I made a lot of mistakes. Uh, probably I can't count all of them. A lot, a lot. I keep doing them. <laughs> but, you know, I found uh, once Elon Musk told about mistakes. If you don't make mistakes, you're not innovative enough. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal is one of the greatest basketball players. Told, if he starts something new, he always makes mistakes. And he feels it's like education because you can't get this education in any place just by doing these mistakes to find what uh, actually works for him. And uh, can you tell about common mistakes that companies still do today uh, by creating uh, marketing plans and how to save time and find a much better way uh, by creating this plan? Well, I think kind of even taking a step backwards, I think the biggest mistake companies are still making is they're not making plans. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <They're good. laughs> I, honest, honestly, I feel like so many people that we talk to, um, a, a business coach, a guy named Joe Lucas, who's in the financial advisor space, uh, he talks about doing R&D. And to him, R&D is rip off and deploy, uh, which I thought was very clever. But... It's not a great marketing strategy because if all you're doing is looking at what other people around you are doing and going, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. There's no strategy behind it. Again, it's like throwing darts, as we like to say, um, 
throwing darts is also not a great marketing strategy. So I think the biggest mistake people make um, is not making a marketing plan. And then like 1A there is um, not revisiting your marketing plan. I did my marketing plan. I do this at the end of the year when it's nice and quiet. And then I put it in my email folder and I don't really go back to it. Or I put everything in my calendar and I'm so focused on moving forward that I'm not taking the time to actually look and see what it's doing and um, what kind of benchmarks I have. So I think that those are usually some of the biggest mistakes. Um, and then, of course, two would be um, not having a good picture of who you're talking to. We get financial advisors and, and we say, so who is your ideal client? Business owners. I'm a business owner. You're a business owner. People watching this and listening to this are business owners. We probably all have very different priorities. So yeah. to simply say business owners, you let's tighten that up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, love it, love it, love it. Uh, Alice, uh, let's talk about your experience. Uh, you know, I have some students in my network and they uh, often ask me uh, what to learn today, how to get experience. Uh, let's imagine you started from scratch without knowledge, skills, completely from scratch. What will you do today to learn more about creating marketing plan? Um, so it's actually interesting you should say that. So like I mentioned, my background is in sports and entertainment. And um, I've been doing this for a while, I guess is a nice way to put this. So when I started, um, this it wasn't a thing. Sports marketing wasn't a thing. Believe it or not, that was actually at a time. That was a thing. Um, so I've actually done this. Like I kind of saw that there was some possibility, but how do I get experience? Um, it's asking a lot of questions. It's, um, I did a ton of like unpaid internships to get experience, to figure out what I liked, what I didn't like. Um, and just watching how other people did this, whatever it was that they were doing to go, oh, again, can I rip off and deploy that? Or how does that fit into like the lens that I already have in my head? So I think to bring that into, I don't have a, I don't have experience with a marketing plan. Um, I think there's a couple different ways. Um, ask a lot of questions, um, talk to people that you know and trust. Um, and I, I personally am a huge fan of, we live in a world where there's a lot of people with really amazing experiences who are looking to share their experience, um, align with them. They want to help. So don't think that you have to do everything on your own. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, love it. Love it. It is. Love it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have the question about your unique selling proposition. We discussed a lot about finding uh, ideal customer to understand their pain points, uh, interests, habits. Can you tell? You mentioned that you uh, work with uh, uh, financial advisors. So can you tell what kind of financial advisors uh, are your best uh, perfect customers and uh, how you can help them much better than many other uh, 
consultants that we have today. Right. So um, I'll unpack this in a couple of different ways. Um, so, like I said, we, we spent a lot of time talking about ideal client and we're very uh, focused on practicing what we preach. So mm -hmm. our, the ideal client for custom strategic marketing for wealth advisors is the advisor who's either um, an RIA, which is a registered independent advisor, or in a hybrid space where they have control of their marketing. They may have to get it approved through compliance or whatever, but um, they don't have somebody else doing it for them. Um, somebody who understands this concept of the village. Um, you know, I don't have to do it all myself. Um, and that I am going to be better at my day job when I work with somebody who's really good at their day job. Um, you know, again, if you notice, these are not, there's no age. Yes, I would like somebody who's been in the business for probably five to 10 years um, because they know what they don't know. Someone who's just starting out, they think they could do everything and um, and quite honestly, probably can't afford our services. Mm -hmm. um, so so those are the types of people that are really ideal clients for customer strategic or custom strategic marketing. For fresh perspective, when I work in the higher education space, it's um, people who, again, are looking for an outside voice, uh, higher ed and education in general kind of we do what we do. We always do what we do. The person who's willing to think outside the box, the person who recognizes that they don't know everything um, and that they want to get some of the stuff off of their plate. So that again, their team can do whatever they do. From the unique selling proposition, what makes me and us different than everybody else in the marketplace? It's, it's my experience. There aren't very many people who can tell you, I've ridden in a helicopter with Bart Simpson. Like, I can't tell you how many television interviews I've done, how many television shows I've produced um, and stage managed in my sports career. There aren't many people who, who bring that to the table, um, who can talk to you about this market segmentation and compare it to, you know, who's coming to see Sesame Street Live and who's coming to see the truck pull um, and who's buying a season ticket for football team and, you know, division one football team. I have that. Most people don't. Um, and I also like to say, at least in the financial advisor space, um, because I didn't grow up in that space, I can bring again, this fresh perspective that somebody who has always been in this space doesn't have. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. Love it. You know, you remind me a story about probably Pablo Picasso, yeah, probably Pablo Picasso. And once uh, he uh, drew a picture for five minutes uh, in restaurants, uh, in restaurant, yeah, and uh, someone uh, from visitors uh, came to him and asked to sell this picture. Mm -hmm. And he replied, $5,000. And uh, this man was surprised. You spent five minutes to draw it. Uh, why five thousand dollars? And he replied, "No, I spent all my life to draw this picture. <laughs> it's the same with experience. Uh, if you can do something for five minutes, how much 
time you need to spend to get such high quality for five minutes. Yeah, it's your Absolutely. life, your experience. Love and, it. And, it's, and it's true yeah, for ahead. everybody, right? Like, again, when we talk to our financial advisor folks, like, you're, I would hire a financial advisor to do my investments because you have all that experience. And again, it's finding the right one that matches with me. Um, could I do it? I'm sure I could. I'm a pretty smart person. I'm sure I figure out. But that that time, those resources, I prefer to spend those someplace else. It's as simple mm -hmm. as that. Nice, nice. Awesome, awesome. Alice, I have the final question about the future in uh, creating marketing strategic plans uh the reason why i'm asking about that because many things are coming uh i don't know metaverse augmented reality they probably will change the world probably not we will see i don't know but anyway uh companies need to create plans for five years ten years uh, google for example uh usually uh, does it uh, to create software for students in school uh, because the students can use Google in many years. So many, many, many things. And it takes time, as we discussed a lot, uh, to implement some interesting ideas. So can you tell what companies can do today to create a long plan strategic plan uh, for uh, many years? So I think there's a difference between a strategic plan and a strategic marketing plan. Yeah. I agree that there should be a five or 10 year vision. Where are you going? What, 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 where's your eye? Right. Um, but to create a strategic marketing plan for five or 10 years doesn't work because as you said, things are constantly changing. And while we want to be consistent, and we want to try out some new things along the way. Um, when you do a five-year or 10-year plan in the marketing space, you don't create that flexibility. You don't have that living being thing going on. So I think the answer to that question is strategic plan. Where do you want your business to be? Where do you want your health to be? Where do you, you want to be? Absolutely, you need that, that way out thing. But um, you need to revisit your marketing plan every year. Um, and some years it might go off the, you know, off the rails, if you will. Um, and some years it might be just a few tweaks. But I personally don't recommend a five to 10 year marketing plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, got it, got it. Very well. Alice, it's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you. You share a lot of valuable insights. Tell the best way how to reach out to you, how to learn more about you, how to follow you. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so the best way to learn more about Fresh Perspective, the website is thefreshperspective.net. Um, and it talks more about my background and what I do with the education space um, and the general professional services space. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, it's Elise Stoner, and I'm sure we'll put the spelling in in the notes because um, it is it is actually. Oh, look! I spelled my name right here on the screen. Um, <laughs> and Custom Strategic Marketing for Wealth Advisors is also there on on LinkedIn as well. Um, we have a YouTube channel, and um, yeah, those are probably the best ways to get in touch with me. Um, if anybody has any questions or wants to talk a little more specifically about what they're doing, um, we can hop on a quick call and, and talk about it. 
nice nice guys you can find all uh, these links uh, in the description below podcast notes so if you have the problems with spelling as i do usually you know, for me it's hard to uh, to pronounce or to write something so you can use links nothing special you know and but it's special if you follow alice if you learn from her if you subscribe if your youtube channel open website because you can see a lot of valuable insights okay guys love you see you thanks for listening to this entire podcast please rank your experience in apple spotify google or any other platforms that you may use Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.